Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through the day. Now here's your host, Nada Hogan. Hello and welcome to Dare a New Belief in What is Possible for Your Life. Today we are back with Layla Dawn and Felice Espinoza. So Layla and Felice have been educating us on CBD oils, aka cannibal oils, and we're going to continue to call them CBD oils in this um, live podcast. We're coming from Tucson, Arizona. Today we're going to talk about THC and the difference between THC and CBD oils and a lot of misinformation about marijuana, pot, hemp, and cannabis in general. And I am probably the most naive when it comes to all of this. So um, I should be able to ask some very unintelligent questions coming from very uneducated knowledge of this. So to get started, I want to introduce Layla back to all of you. So Layla, hello to the audience. Hello, audience. Good to be back. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. And Felice, hello to the audience. Hello, audience. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Awesome. Great. So these two beautiful women, um, as you know, are launching a website on February 1st, which is just one day away now. Yeah, that's fantastic. And they're going to have CBD oil products in their store. But now we're going to talk about THC and how THC and CBD play an important role together. And I'm telling you, I know nothing about this. So this will be a great conversation with the girls answering a lot of questions for me. So first off, Layla, I just want to ask you, because this popped into my head, if I was to walk down the street and I looked into somebody's backyard and I saw what I would call pot plants growing in the backyard or marijuana plants, how would I know if it's a pot plant, a marijuana plant, a hemp plant, or a cannabis plant? Can you help me differentiate the difference between all four of those or is there a difference? There would be no visual difference without being able to test the plant, I imagine, but a hemp plant is different than the other three you said. So cannabis, marijuana, and a pot plant, those would all be the same plant. So we're only really talking about two different plants right now. (laughs) Which I think is amazing because cannabis plant, I never even knew there was a cannabis plant. I never knew, I mean, I know we talked about cannabinoids, but I don't know if it really occurred to me that it's a cannabis plant. So before this interview, we started talking about how marijuana got its name marijuana. So quickly, can you just give us a quick little thing on how marijuana got that name? And we're going to throw that over to Felice. (laughs) Sure. Marijuana was not called marijuana um, until about the turn of the century, would you say? I'd say that in the 1930s. Yeah, it's late 1920s, 1930s when really we had, um, we saw a huge surge of anti-Mexican immigration um, sentiment in the country. And we actually deported hundreds of thousands of Mexican-American citizens to Mexico who'd never even been to Mexico before. So in that fever, uh, while trying to kind of rebrand 
hemp and cannabis. Um, cannabis, I should be clear, is what hemp comes from. It's the cannabis plant. It's just a different species of cannabis. So while they were trying to rebrand cannabis for various reasons we'll get into here that we're threatening about hemp and also about the properties of THC, uh, they connected it to Mexican immigrants. And so they started calling it marijuana. And so the association became with immigrants who people were being propagandized into seeing as dirty and invasive and untrustworthy. And a lot of actually the same sentiments we're hearing now about rapists and murderers and druggies, junkies, lazy. So these uh, racial biases were totally used for this campaign against basically hemp and cannabis. And that's where the name came from. Yeah. That's crazy. So does it mean something? Does I say marijuana, but it's marijuana, right? Does it mean something? Like, does that translate into English as something? You know, I don't, maybe a colloquialism, Juana is a name, you know, Juan, Juana is a name. So marijuana, I don't know what the mari comes from, but it's probably that association. But yeah, with a proper name. Right, because in Spanish, you would call it mota. It wouldn't even it wouldn't even be in Spanish. They wouldn't say I'm going to smoke some marijuana. They'd say mota. mota. I'm going their, to smoke mota. That's their colloquialism for it in Mexico is mota or leño, mm-hmm. like a like which is a firewood. <laughs> but yeah, marijuana is just not a word. I mean, we're familiar with la cucaracha, that song where he's like la cucaracha, la cucaracha, <laughs> ya no puedo caminar porque se falta, porque se falta. Marijuana Papumar, but that's like a border song. That's not a Mexican song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. I, I, I love the La Cucaracha song. Cucaracha. <laughs> but there you go. Yeah, Marijuana is associated with the cockroach. Dirty, right. like the cockroach. The song is about a cockroach who can't walk because he doesn't have enough marijuana to smoke. So again, it's that association. It's all propaganda. All propaganda. The La Cucaracha song is about cockroach who doesn't have, that has too much marijuana in his system and so he can't walk? He can't walk without his marijuana. Well, literally cucaracha means cockroach, but it was a a biased racial term for Mexicans and also for a drunk or a drugged out Mexican. And so that's, yeah, cucaracha, but it literally means cockroach. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Well, I have to tell you, going back to the cucaracha when I first got here, truly Nolan is a pest exterminator in town. And on the side of their car, it says, adios, cucaracha. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious. Goodbye, cockroachy. (laughs) So... Layla has, you were just spouting off a bunch of amazing things about American history and hemp that I didn't even know, like about paying taxes and our American constitution. And I'm I'm just going to hand that over because I was in awe. I had no idea you were such a history buff. Now now it all makes sense. about the things I care about. (laughs) I had just mentioned that until the turn of the century that you could actually pay your taxes with hemp and that George Washington grew hemp and that the rough drafts of the Constitution were written on hemp paper. In fact, in our military, they used hemp on, well, not military, I guess, but on ships. No, they did on canvas bags. I mean, hemp has been a part, hemp fabric has been a part of our country since we came over on the boats ourselves. So the the canvas bags that are used by the military services, those were made out of hemp? from hemp. Oh, that's just incredible. The fabric, yes, because it's such a strong, heavy-duty, fibrous material. 
And the beautiful thing about that plant over cotton was the, how fast it grows from seed to ready to harvest. It's about a three month period. And I believe that cotton takes a lot longer to grow and, and takes a lot more processing with it. But cotton got in and hemp got kicked out <laughs> somehow. Do you know why? Do you know why cotton got kicked out or no? Why hemp got kicked out? Or I'm sorry. Yep. Why hemp got oh, kicked yeah. out. Yeah, it's very loaded. I mean, Dow Chemicals was involved with the de- or the criminalization of hemp, or even and even the ability to grow it. Tobacco farmers were cotton uses a, a massive amount of pesticides because it um, harbors a lot of insects. So one of the problems with growing cotton is you have sterilization of the fields that you're working in because of the saturation of pesticides that you have to use. So organic cotton is like a huge undertaking and it's very expensive and it's why it's expensive to buy. Um, and it's why you don't see it on a mass scale because if you think of everything we have, it's made of cotton. So it's a very smart investment for a chemical company who's making pesticides to push a plant that is going to make them money. Hemp has a variety of antibacterial and microbial, and also it's very, in terms of pesticides, it's, I don't know how to talk about it, but whatever chemical it has, they don't really like it. I think it has a lot to do with the terpenes that grow on it and even maybe the flavonoids. Right. The terpenes keeping bugs away or... It's tiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the hemp itself smells piney? Well, just the terpenes are what make, make, hi, Anna, make, make it smell the way it does. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but, no, that's perfect. But it's kind of, it's an anti, it's an insecticide on its own, just as a plant. So, I mean, and there were a lot of other people involved, the tobacco industry, come here, the alcohol industry. Think about how legal and how common cigarettes and alcohol are and think about how illegal marijuana, marijuana, cannabis, hemp has been. Right. So, so I find it very interesting. The name, I had no idea that marijuana was actually used for the name of cannabis because cannabis was the name that was used a long time it's ago. It's the scientific name. It's the scientific name for pot or weed or marijuana is cannabis. That's amazing. I'll bet you 99% of the people walking on the streets don't know that, that they would think that marijuana, that's the name of the plant. That's what it's always been named. And, and if you even think what's the Latin name for it, what's the scientific name for it, probably most people- Probably marijuana is yeah. or something. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I want to circle back to the very first question that I asked you about knowing the difference between looking at two plants. You would not be able to tell a hemp plant from a cannabis plant. It's confusing for me. So um, I'm hoping I'm not asking a confusing question, but just so I think the more educated people are when it comes to this kind of information, the less they will be nervous about if a doctor recommends to them, you know, that CBD oils would be good for you or THC, and we'll get into the THC, um, would also be good for you. It will take some of the fear away and maybe a lot of the fear and all of the fear away. Hopefully. Yeah. So maybe the, the more that we can kind of break down because it's all of this crap that's been passed down for all these years is what we believe and know to be true because I know I'm not the only one that, that is ignorant when it comes to this stuff. So again, if you could just go back and help me understand a hemp plant from a cannabis plant, what the difference is or if there's a difference and if I'm still off base. There is a difference and is the cannabis plant will have THC growing in it where the hemp plant will have negligible, very little amount, if any at all. Um, but if to look at them growing, 
there would be some differences, perhaps the shape of the leaves. The leaves might be short and fat and stocky, where, or some might be longer and thinner. As far as the trademark, what when you think of cannabis, you see that marijuana leaf, right? That yeah. cannabis leaf. And so the leaves, it has leaves that look similar to it and it grows a flower or a bud. They both grow a flower or a bud. I don't know if I'm answering your yeah. question, but they are hard. I believe they're hard to distinguish. Yeah, so just to the naked eye, more than likely, you're not going to be able to notice the difference between the two of them. So if somebody was, if you just went to your next door neighbor, Charlie, and said, hey, I see that you're growing, and I'm going to go back to the term that I would use if, if I just heard about medicinal marijuana, or that's even the, I just thought about that. That's exactly how we say it in the medical community, isn't it? It's not even called cannabis. It's called medicinal marijuana, isn't it? Well, dispensaries are calling it cannabis. And dispensaries are making a huge move. You won't see the word marijuana in their literature and you won't see it inside of the dispensary. But the whole proposition that one that made possible to use it medicinally here in Arizona was the medical marijuana proposition. And it's known as your medical marijuana card. They may have changed it on the Arizona site now. I don't know. But I do know that dispensaries, you will not see that word in a dispensary. But when people talk about I just heard it on the news last night. They were talking about a medical marijuana card. Absolutely. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think that's just more of a changing of a perception of the plant that yeah. we've been indoctrinated to be afraid of it. I mean, the anti-pot commercials were of people melting into the couch or kids in a drive through that are smoking and then they end up hitting a little girl on their bike that are, that's crossing in front of them because they don't see it's scare tactics. So I feel like the push of even changing the perception of marijuana back to cannabis, back to remembering that it's a plant that grows naturally. It's not a synthetic chemical that some scientist has made in his laboratory. I believe that all herbs, and it is an herb, that's another slang term for it is, hey, I'm going to go get some herb to smoke, or do you want to smoke herb with me? But it is, it's truly an herb with medicinal properties. In fact, strangely enough, there are other plants grow, echinacea being one of them, that has what's called cannabimimics, and they are properties that are similar to cannabinoids and are intaken through either through your endocannabinoid system through one of the two receptors, their CB1 and CB2 receptors. So I mean, cannabinoids, phytocannabinoids, our body's ability to make two different cannabinoids. And then there's this plant that has all these different cannabinoids that our body just by nature knows what to do with. That's incredible. And knowing that the echinacea plant, which most everybody knows is very good for colds, usually go to with echinacea, also has properties of- That are similar, properties that are similar to cannabinoids called cannabimimics. That's incredible. Who knew? (laughs) You guys know more now than the majority of the, probably the world. So there you go. That's awesome. All right. I want to break into the difference between CBD- and THC. So I'm going to put this right over here to Layla. And if you can answer that in the simplest layman's terms to be able to understand what the difference is between those two. 
Absolutely. Really, I think truly because they both have therapeutic properties. They both have an ability to deal with inflammation, which is the building block of any disease that we have. Crohn's disease is, a, is an inflammation, psoriasis, skin problems. The biggest difference is THC has the euphoric or that high effect where CBD doesn't. Does that make sense? Yep. That's simple. That's it's that simple. So I'm gonna swing back to Felice. You know what? No, I'm not. Felice, say, say no. Say say what it is, and we'll come back to it. But I want, I and I because I want to talk about what happens when you go to a doctor, and if they say I think that you need to go and get some CBD oil and THC, which I think leaves people completely. I, I think it's like saying to a car mechanic, you need to do open heart surgery on me, and can you use the tools that you have to make me all better? I think we're throwing people into the wolves saying, figure this out. And there's honest people doing stuff everywhere. But there's also people who are very uneducated in what they're doing and aren't going to do a very good job. And there's some that are just going to rip somebody else off. So we'll swing back to that. But Felice, you have something that we want to hear. Um, I was just going to, I got very excited because absolutely the difference between CBD and THC is the euphoric or the, the high feeling that you feel on a base experiential level. The medicinal properties of THC are similar and also different than CBD. So for instance, if you're a doctor, for instance, Parkinson's, many doctors recommend, or I should say suggest, and probably I know some informally will suggest using not just a CBD oil, but also a THC CBD combination. And that's because THC allows your brain to release dopamine, which is the experience, like that's the chemical that makes you feel euphoric and makes you feel high. It also is responsible for a lot of really important parts of the body and your daily functioning, which is actually what happens with Parkinson's is the brain's inability to really reproduce and to make that dopamine. So in that way, THC does something a little different than CBD does. So it has what Layla was referring to earlier as, they're not psychoactive protective, but they're basically protective of the neuroprotective properties. And I'll let you speak more about that. They've even shown studies of someone that experienced immediate, that had had a hit to the brain, some sort of brain trauma, I can't think of what's the word when you, when you get hit in the brain and they're like, concussion. concussion. Thank you. Yes. And they were able to administer small amounts of CBD and THC and was actually the trauma to the brain was lessened because of those neuroprotectants being in there. That's incredible. <laughs> it's a magic plant. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And everyone who says that, it, again, it's been illegitimized because it's been propagandized. So when you say that, people think you're a stoner, people think you're just full of it. But when the research is all, I mean, there's very little actual research that we're now on the table and the books doing. But there's so many experiments and actually our history with it, like Layla talked about, it wasn't illegal. I mean, you talked about snake oil salesmen having cannabis and different things in their products until it became illegal. Did you say the it started in 34 and it was and the tax stamp was so basically in our constitution you aren't really able we are allowed of the pursuit of happiness and they aren't really allowed to come in and say oh you like this so we're going to make it illegal now so what they did was they said okay so you can grow marijuana i call it cannabis um but you need a tax stamp okay and so but they, then they just didn't give out any tax stamps so it, you, you weren't allowed to have marijuana, grow marijuana, or hemp for that matter, without the tax stamp that they didn't provide. 
So our relationship with the whole plant has been for a very, it was for a very, very, very long time. But now it's the history has been kind of rewritten in recent years. And so our association with THC, our association with cannabis, marijuana is very muddied and very loaded. When the reality is, is that it is, it's an, it's a magical, amazing plant. Like we talked about last time, what I think is so beautiful about it. It's a magical, amazing plant. And like what I talked about last time that I think so amazing about it is how it's a reflection of the inner and outer world. You know, Layla was talking about the cannabinoid system and the endo, your internal cannabinoid system and cannabinoids that exist in the plant and then exist in other plants and things that act like it. And just this beautiful kind of um, symmetry and duet that happens. And that's really when, I mean, I'm the one who, who encouraged Layla to do this second episode because this is her heart passion and she's so pure of heart. It's about service for so long. I know that you, especially now with the wave of CBD, people are now still afraid of THC. You have always been a proponent of like, why? Why are you afraid of feeling good? Like, what is this bizarre relationship that we've created where it's okay to drink your Starbucks with your foamy whipped cream and that feels so good. And it's really nice to sit down and drink your green tea and that feels so good. Smoke your cigarette or take your shots or drink your little evening beer or glass of wine. And yet with THC, it's that high. I want to feel good, but I don't want to get high. Or I want the medicinal properties, but I don't want to get high. And what I love about you is that you've just always kind of been like, well, why not? You're getting high all the time. It's just dopamine in your brain. What's wrong with you? Sorry. No, it's true. (laughs) What's wrong with feeling good? (laughs) That should be my catchphrase. (laughs) It's a good catchphrase. What's wrong with feeling good? When you run and you exercise, I mean, you're doing the same thing with yoga and meditation. You're actually literally working with, you know, the amygdala and you're working with the cortex. So yeah, it's all the same stuff. It's just, this is working with dopamine in the brain. It's amazing stuff. So if I was to be somebody who had gone to a medical doctor and they said, I think that THC and CBD, I almost said cannabinoid or, oh, I almost said cannibal oil again. I think that CBD oil and THC would be good for you. And that brings up a question. I'm saying CBD oil and I'm just saying THC. So what is the property of THC? What, so C, CBD oil is an oil. It's a, it's a something. What's the difference between just looking at it? What's THC? Do you know what I'm asking? I do. And I, you're referring to CBD oil because that's been the delivery system that we've been discussing yeah. more than anything else. And a lot of times THC, the cannabinoid itself, is suspended in an oil as well. So you could call it THC oil as well or CBD oil, THC oil. But really, it's that, that's just that molecule suspended in something, some sort of delivery system. Right. The oil is just the carrier. The same exact thing with CBD oil. It's CBD that's in the carrier that's the oil. So it's not, right? Because in my head, I'm seeing CBD as an oil, grapeseed oil from a grapeseed. And that, right, completely wrong picture in my head. But that is how we're so programmed to see things. Is that what you want? Did you want to talk yeah, to that? Yeah, great. That's just, it's just one product. So you can, the delivery systems being like we talked about last time, edibles, yeah. tinctures, you can smoke it, you can vaporize it, you can take a capsule. I don't know about don't the THC patch. and capsules and patches, but I assume, I don't know actually about the variety of products that I'm most familiar with, flour, smoking, 
um, cannabis and cannabis that has high THC and a CBD combination. But there's so many different products out there that it is available in. Okay. So thank you for clarifying that, both of you. And to go back to THC. So if we talked about THC having the euphoria effect and being on my end, because if there was ever a way that I needed to have euphoria, especially if I was younger, it would have been alcohol long before it would have been anything else. But I want to talk about what do we need to know and educate ourselves on with THC? Can you overdose on THC? What are the pros and cons of THC? I'll just answer your first question first. That's always um, the best. Can you overdose on THC? And I had actually wanted to touch on it from last week's because I had talked about how much flour that you would need to ingest for it to be. And then I looked it up too. So it's considered an LD50. LD50 is lethal dose for 50% of, a lot of times it's done on mice and rats. So it would be whatever, the lethal dose that kills 50% of the rats. And so the LD50 for cannabis is actually a 175 pound man would have to ingest 53 whole grams of pure THC. And when we were talking last week about the capsules, the CBD capsules, we went in 25 milligrams and 50 milligrams. Right. And there are a thousand milligrams to every gram. So if a 175 pound man was able to ingest 53,000 milligrams of pure, pure THC at one time, that would be considered toxic for at least 50% of the people. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. That's a lot. So it's really hard to overdose. Yeah. Really, really hard to overdose. Well, and it doesn't have, I mean, I think that's what people, one of the things that you were talking about with the brainstem is that the parts of the body that regulate our breathing and our heartbeat and some of our autonomic, you know, um, responses in the body that are important for us staying alive. Narcotics like opioids, cocaine, heroin, alcohol, alcohol um, even a variety of prescription drugs, including muscle relaxers, all affect that the brainstem and all affect those parts of the body. So you, you are ODing and dying. Don't affect the they brain. don't affect the brain stem and they don't affect autonomic responses. So you're not going to have your breathing just stop and your heart just stop, which is how people OD. Um, now, people can have experiences where they may feel more anxious. We talked about that last time before we were really getting into this world of cannabis. Um, on the street, you were getting chronic. That used to be the name for it. And it used to be, you know, kind of like a a higher THC to CBD ratio. And also sometimes the CBD ratio was different than the THC. And you would end up with um, an experience where people felt panicky. Um, paranoid. paranoid is what they call it, but not paranoia where you think people are waiting for you outside. You just, you've, you start, you start to question whether or not you, you let the dog out or did you turn off the, the you know, coffee maker before you left home? And so people will get very full of mind. And that was actually because they were playing with the plant and they were playing with the plant without looking at its holistic properties. And one thing does do another. So when people say they OD, you know, Layla was mentioning earlier, she's, she's had experiences that I have never had where you've said, you know, you have felt a little bit sick to your stomach before from the amount that you ingested 
But that I will just tell you, I've ingested a lot of cannabis in my lifetime and I have never, yeah, only one time I've never, ever had that experience. I do know a group of women who were in their um, 70s who decided to experiment with it. They were told to eat just a portion um, amongst their group and they, they all listened except for one who apparently ate like four times the portion she was supposed to. And she had a terrible time just because she was her equivalent of tripping out. When you first use cannabis, the very first time I used it, that's the closest I can say to a psychoactive experience I've had where it felt like I was walking through a tunnel and things had this bizarre kind of magical psychoactive experience. Ever since then, that's not my experience with cannabis. So I do know people who can have a experience that feels very intense the first time. And then some people who just don't pay attention to how or when, what they're going to take. No, ODing, like we think of ODing, that just is not really a reality. Okay. So that brings a great point. Do you, Layla, do you have something you want to throw in there? Okay. So Felisa brings a great point because I think that's the thing that scares the majority of people is having that experience of walking through a, a tunnel and everything just being, because I know for me, I want to feel in control. It doesn't matter what, where I'm at or what I'm doing. I want to control my emotions. I want to control how I'm feeling. I want my feet grounded to this earth. That brings me another question. Remind me to come back around, guys, to would you just take THC without CBD? Because I know we've talked about CBD, people taking CBD oils all the time because that's kind of the big thing going on. And, and you don't hear so much about the THC, but would you ever take THC by itself? How do you help to ease people's minds about if I'm taking this THC with CBD and I don't want to have the walking through a tunnel, I don't want to have that experience, how do I prevent that from happening and how do we clear up that method? It's going to happen no matter what. Totally. And I'd ask you to think about legal substances that people are really familiar with, like drinking. I don't want to feel out of my mind, dizzy, drunk, out of control of my body and my emotions. But that's what happens when you get drunk. And actually, it's what happens the majority of the time when you get drunk. So I would ask people to think about the substance the same way. If I'm going to go in shooting a bunch of shots, then I'm going to get drunk and I'm going to have an experience that will either be one that's enjoyable for me or not. You know, you have to think of cannabis the same way, which is why I was saying you've got to begin to be comfortable the same way with alcohol to experiment with what works for you. Same thing with caffeine. I have friends who drink two cups of coffee and they're out of their minds. You want to talk about paranoia and panic. It's a horrible, it's and sick to their stomachs. So again, working with the substance in a way that works for you and a medicinal substance at that, not just a substance that's for euphoria. I mean, nothing wrong with euphoria, but not just for euphoria. Even cigarette tobacco in India, where I lived for a while, is used by the sadhus, the Hindu spiritual men who have, are basically pilgrims, and they use it to meditate, but they use it for what they call a death experience because tobacco is so intense. That's why Native American tribes have used it for various things because the experience that you have in the body, 
you can have a death experience and you feel like you're dying, your heart is racing, you want to talk about seeing a tunnel. So all of these other substances that we're familiar with, we've become comfortable with using, but it's just, again, propaganda, this idea that if I smoke, you know, cannabis, this is what's going to happen to me and I'm not going to be able to function. You know, I'd ask you to think about that too. When I was first drinking, I was drinking a glass of wine, a glass of wine affected me enormously. I don't like to build a tolerance with alcohol, so I'm not interested in drinking 10 glasses of wine, but I know how I feel drinking one glass of wine now is not at all what it felt like to me when I first drank my first glass of wine. Understanding that the properties of cannabis are going to work with your body too. The first experience that I had with it was just that one time. The other experiences I have with it are actually very mild and it's the least mild of all the substances. Like I actually... Layla will sometimes watch me smoke a cigarette because I'm known to smoke a cigarette here and there. And I get dizzy and I get woozy and I have to sit down and I feel a little bit strange and high. That's not what happens when I use cannabis. It's actually really grounding for other substances. And actually, this is a personal thing. I'll actually use it to ground me when I've been on another substance. Like I got married recently and my sister and I, um, she ordered a bunch of champagne and I don't normally drink champagne and I had champagne and I thought, oh my God, I feel really out of control. I actually took some cannabis to ground me. So it's wild, right? <laughs> Who in a million years ever would have thought that? I never would have thought that in a million years. And the thing is, but I think that's exactly how this culture is, is because, and I still want to go back and call it marijuana because I'm still not used to calling it cannabis. And I've had a huge resistance in like anything to do with pot, anything to do with marijuana, anything to do with drugs. I've hated it like literally all of my life and not at all because I'm little Miss Goody Two-Shoes. I saw people's lives get destroyed from drugs. And I think that's exactly the category that cannabis has been put in all of this time and never even thought of as being a medicinal herb. And since I do acupuncture and oriental medicine, I work with herbal products all the time and they're all plants and roots and sometimes scorpions and cicadas and dead bugs and sometimes bat poop. That's really true. We really do have bat poop. But, well, it's only legal in China. You can't do that over here. But I think that's why this is so important is because people don't know. Because as you guys are talking, it reminds me of Mayberry. It's not Mayberry RFD. It's the Andy Griffith Show. When old farmers were up, and sometimes the fancy flower ladies were up in the hills with their stills. And when there was the prohibition and they were making the alcohol, right? And, and all of that comes from, that's all plant-based also, but they were making the moonshine. And that's what this reminds me of is that it's cut off. It's been given such a bad name for so long. There's just a way when people know what's good for you and what works, it always will turn back around and it will show up again because alcohol, there's many good properties of alcohol. Alcohol serves for, for many good things. It's when we have too much champagne or when we have too much beer sitting at the bar drowning our sorrows or whatever it happens to be. So it's just amazing to me how we've just circled back around with cannabis now and, and you will never hear me calling it marijuana again. At least I'll catch myself if I say it and it will be cannabis because that shines it in the light that it should actually be shined in instead of just being marijuana, which is this horrible, nasty thing that all the teenagers do to get themselves high and escape from life. Do you have any thoughts on that, Layla, on how people think about 
um, marijuana or cannabis. Can you speak to that? Just how I was speaking to with how, how we can be so naive and not knowing what this is and how we can educate ourselves better. Listening to this is fabulous. And I don't know if on your website, if there's going to be information about that, that will help to educate. We've been looking to figure out how to add that in some sort of educational components. Yes. Or, you know, people that are interested that are like, oh, all of a sudden now CBDs are legal. THC is still illegal, which is the, in- the most interesting part about the whole criminalization of cannabis than the medicalization of cannabis, which was kind of a decriminalization of cannabis, but not really because it was state to state instead of federal. But then all of a sudden, being able to split the plant, take a property out of the plant and go, okay, well, this property, we're going to legalize on a federal level in all 50 states, which is CBD. But then we're still going to, on a federal level, we're going to keep the whole plant cannabis as a schedule one schedule one drug has no medicinal benefits whatsoever which i'm sure i said this last time has to do with why there's so little research in the medical field as far as the therapeutic and medical attributes and goodness of the cannabis (laughs) Um, but real quick because i know that there is just to speak to the therapeutic benefits of thc you had mentioned before when we were talking about it that you were wondering, is there a way for me to intake THC without feeling that euphoric, the high, without, in my, in my, the way I consider it, the good stuff. You know, yeah. like I feel like what a beautiful plant that it's so medicinal and therapeutic, but then it also makes you feel good too. How cool is that? Anyways, there is one delivery system that you are able to, through suppositories, take THC and and this would be how they found this out was that people that needed to take more THC than say their body was able to metabolize. So once they took a certain amount, then they started feeling the anxiety or the paranoia or all the things that would be attributed to the bad side effects of THC. It's a liver enzyme. So when you eat it or smoke it, it goes through the liver before it goes into your bloodstream. And there's an enzyme in the liver that makes the THC psychoactive. But when you take it suppository, it's absorbed directly into the large intestine and then delivered immediately into the bloodstream. So not only is it a faster delivery system, but because it doesn't work on that liver enzyme, it takes away the psychoactive effect, which would make it so that people could take a lot more. I read a story about a man who would take 250 milligrams at night before he went to bed for colon cancer. Well, and how how did he turn? How did the gentleman who had the colon cancer, do you know the results where he, was he doing that for pain, for healing, for For a combination? For pain and healing. And I know that it was working at the time. I don't think at the time of the article, he had either completely healed the colon cancer but it was helping with the pain and the shrinking of a tumor that he had in his colon. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Who knew? So, so if you do it like as a suppository, then it doesn't go through the liver. It doesn't affect the liver enzymes. So you have absolutely no chance of there having the um, euphoric effect. 
right? So it's kind of funny that if you go up your ass, you will not have to worry about feeling good. <laughs> yeah, go figure. It's a general rule for life, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you go up your ass, you don't have to worry about feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to start bringing this in for a landing, and hopefully we will be able to continue conversations, um, even though I won't have the beautiful reason to be down here in Tucson. I'll be back in Minnesota, but we can always do it through um, the computer. I want to keep these conversations going so people understand what's happening. Is there anything else that you think the listeners could benefit from in knowing anything, questions that I haven't asked, and it's just like, oh, I wish you would ask, but she didn't, or whatever. Throw it in. What do people need to know about THC? I was actually going to just bring it back to the idea of not splitting the herb, the plant up, and to bring it back to the entourage effect, the whole plant effect as far as research goes and how we conceptualize it, how we work with it, how we research it, how we use it. You know, we're discovering wonderful things about the properties and the individual isolated properties, you know, as I just explained when we're pulling the plant apart because of the nature of part of it being legal and part of it being illegal and all the various things around that. But the main thing is I think we are big proponents for whole perspective, you know, in spirituality, for me, it's the non-dual, which is not black or white, whole living and looking at the plant already perfect, already nature made, already uh, self-sustaining and all-encompassing and knows just how to work with the body. So we encourage people to to explore the whole plant and to look at CBD, find out what fix, works for you, but don't be afraid. Go and experience what the whole plant can offer. And I guess for my part, as someone who works with yoga and meditation and movement and works at it with a therapeutic modality, if any of your listeners do have medical cannabis and are able to you know, use that, movement and um, ingesting cannabis that has THC, the euphoric experience, is pretty phenomenal. And I will just say that in terms of grief and deep healing, interesting things get released. There's the component of not feeling self-conscious, but there's also... Um, an aspect of the brain that works kind of ecstatically is the best way that I can put it, that taps into a bigger, greater sense of self. And um, that can be incredibly healing. So there's a lot of things to do with it, not just take it, but explore other things. And um, yoga included, for instance, can be something that's really useful. Things that you want to continue to pattern and do that are positive, those are wonderful things to do when you're using THC because they do pattern the brain. So you're going to be imprinting things that are enjoyable, things that you want to continue doing. So I would just say that's the last piece I have. Explore if you can. Don't be afraid. Trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust yourself above all else. And that's about it. Awesome. Layla, do you have any parting words for us? This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it and I have learned so much. And like I said, I want this to be a continued dialogue. I don't want it to stop because I know there's going to be a ton of questions that come in. And because I trust you too, I mean, I would trust you with my life. And if I needed to take CBD oil or 
THC for whatever condition pops up for me, first thing I would do is email you or because I know you guys, I can just call you and say, hey, this is going on for me and what would you recommend? And I know that I can trust what your answer is and I would follow that and I know that I have to trust my own body system to be able to tell me this is a correct dose, this is too much, this is too little. And for the listeners, they, I know, can contact you also. And in your store that opens up tomorrow, February 1st, 2019, no kidding, it's awesome. Uh, when people go to the store to look at the products that you have, they can actually start purchasing CBD oil products, not THC, CBD products from the store. And if they have any questions about any of that, you too will be at the ready to be able to answer questions because I know there will be a lot of questions that come in. Correct? You guys are going to be there for them. Absolutely. 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 Every step of the way. All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. You guys are fabulous and you have helped me to understand more and I still have more questions and I know that I will in the middle of the night. I'll be like, oh, but what about this thing? And, and so we'll continue this conversation. But in the meantime, all of you, um, if you have any questions, please reach out to Layla or to Felice. Their information will be on the show notes again. So there's no question finding that. The phone number will be there also. And until we speak next time, have a beautiful week and much love to all of you. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information that you can use right away. If you like what you've heard here, please subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to rate and review right there on iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.